Welcome to 10-Minute TechCom. This is Ryan Weber coming to you from the University of Alabama in Huntsville. I'm very excited to welcome today's guest. Hi, my name is Jason Tom. I am an assistant professor of technical communication and rhetoric at Texas Tech University. And I'm the author of Design Thinking in Technical Communication, a book that highlights the connections between design thinking, making, and technical communication. Dr. Tom joins us to talk about how design thinking, maker culture, and radical collaborations can reform technical communication and the world around it. I hope you enjoy the interview. Welcome to the podcast, Jason. I'm really happy to have you here to talk about your new book. And I guess let's start at the beginning with um, defining design thinking. What does this term mean, especially in the context of technical communication? Sure. Thanks for having me. For technical communicators, design thinking is a mindset and a methodology for solving problems. It follows a human-centered design philosophy that offers an iterative approach to designing solutions for wicked problems. And in the um, development of design thinking, wicked problems are usually those problems without single or definitive solutions. And I know in another 10-minute TechCom episode, Jason Swartz gave a nice explanation of the nature of wicked problems. And I just wanted to add that wicked problems are also usually socially rooted problems that are tied to technical, historical, cultural, and economical issues, and they make for great design thinking challenges because they call for innovative social solutions. The most popular version of design thinking is devised by the Stanford University's Design Institute, or more commonly known as the D School, which streamlines design thinking into five major recursive phases, the empathy phase, definition phase, ideation phase, prototyping phase, and testing phase. And I think technical communicators should be aware of design thinking because it has become a stable methodology in technology development, user experience research, and more recently also in educational efforts. And I feel if technical communicators care about human-centered or iterative design, they should consider design thinking as a viable philosophy and practice. Okay, awesome. So when you're talking about design thinking, you're talking about kind of a way of approaching solving problems. Is that right? That's got a particular sort of method and philosophical approach behind it. That's right. Okay, great, great. And so now, how does that connect? You've already mentioned sort of the importance of design thinking and technical communication. Your book also references something that you call the maker movement. What is the maker movement specifically? And then how does that connect with techcom and design thinking? So the maker movement came about with the advancement of 3D printing and digital fabrication, and also a sort of renewed DIY do-it-yourself spirit in educational and community settings. The idea really is to democratize innovation, to give people, uh, especially the non-experts, the power and access to inventing things that matter to them and to their communities. As you may know, uh, makerspaces became popular in the mid-2000s with the sort of growing use of 3D printers and digital fabrication tools. And many local interest groups, as well as educational institutions like universities and colleges, have installed makerspaces as a communal space 
for creative tinkering or experimentation and innovation. And there are some funders who have also invested in maker projects by providing seed funds and incubation support. Now, the maker movement draws from design thinking as a human-centered problem-solving method. It augments, especially, the prototyping phase of design thinking. Making encourages a bias toward action. It creates solutions in a tangible form rather than just talking or thinking about them. So makers are motivated and given access to, to tools to manifest the solutions in a material form. Now, how all these tie to TechCom is that both making and design thinking are concerned with problem solving. If you agree with the characterization of technical communication made by John and Johnson and Lola and Stuart Sauber back in 2013, that TechCom is primarily a problem solving activity, then its connection to design thinking and making should be quite apparent. Design thinking provides the workflow and making inspires an action-based problem-solving activity. So together they can rejuvenate how we teach and practice technical communication by instilling a new sense of human-centered, problem-based and solution-driven design process. So I think I'm starting to see these connections. I want to ask a couple quick clarifying questions. One, so you mentioned that maker spaces were inspired by sort of the 3D printing, but it's not limited to that, right? I can be a maker without specifically knowing anything about 3D printing as long as I'm creating sort of tangible solutions to problems. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And also, it sounds to me like this maker approach is sort of a an ethic or a philosophy of, you know, I'm going to make a solution. I might iterate it. It's not going to be perfect the first time. I'm going to create something, even if it's imperfect, and then sort of redefine that instead of worrying, like I got to get it perfect and exactly right the first time. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. So the idea really is to, to not have the, a mindset for perfection, but rather an ongoing design and designerly way of thinking, I guess, to inventing solutions. Great. Okay. So let's put all this together. So you've talked about kind of techcom making and design thinking. And what you really see this as is a way to uh, approach techcom that's sort of more humane. It allows for more advocacy, uh, more humane technical communication, better connections with social justice. So how can we use design thinking to improve techcom and then also the world and uh, society around us? I see design thinking as an invitation to doing techcom in a more socially responsive way. The way design thinking is rooted in user empathy forces designers and communicators to look beyond the usability of products, but rather pay attention to the way technical products and services can influence our social, cultural, and political lives. As we all know, user advocacy is not a new concept to techcom, but design thinking amplifies it by attributing our problem-solving process to values such as user empowerment and radical collaboration. And design thinking can improve techcom and solve social problems by shifting our attention from business enterprising to social innovation. 
that means innovations that are socially responsive and responsible rather than focused on profit. There is one example that came to mind. It's called the Litter of Light Initiative. And litter here refers to the person who lights. Um, it's by Filipino social uh, entrepreneur, Ilek Diaz, who developed a solution to lighting uh, millions of homes uh, worldwide uh, for those who have no access to daylight. And project was driven mainly by empathy and made possible with a solution-based approach to materialize ideas into actual solutions for communities. That's great. And that leads me right to what I wanted to ask you next, which is you mentioned this idea. One of your chapters is about what you call radical collaboration. It sounds like you've given us one example here, but can you talk a little bit about what kinds of collaborations you're thinking of? So radical Collaboration is an attribute of design thinking that seeks to flatten hierarchies and empower marginalized voices in the creative process. And radical collaboration also emphasizes peer-to-peer learning, regardless of age, experience, or a person's position. And usually, shared leadership and co-ownership are encouraged in team-based work. Now, speaking from the experience of an academic, the kind of radical collaboration I think we can work toward includes fostering non-hierarchical forums and research partnerships that can span across disciplines and conventions. I think we should reward projects that build coalitions rather than traditional disciplinary identities. We should also suspend judgments about knowledge boundaries and disciplinary borders. We need to decentralize power relations, and we need to invite participation and contributions from experts and non-experts alike. I think technical communicators are agile and adaptable to different situations, and we should collaborate with social entrepreneurs, artists, psychologists, educators, philanthropists, and most importantly, everyday citizens of our communities. That's great. So really kind of summing all this up, it sounds like what you're advocating for is an approach that's really solution oriented, that's tangible, and that really gets the people who are going to benefit or who need these problems solved, it gets them involved to make sure that the solutions that are being devised really help the people that need to be helped and that they're participating in creating these solutions and that anybody who has knowledge that's useful to solving the problem is involved. That's right. Yeah, well, that's really exciting. This is interesting. and I'm excited to read the book. Uh, tell us the name of the book one more time and then also when it comes out. Sure. The book title is called Design Thinking in Technical Communication, and it's by Rutledge, Taylor, and Francis. It comes out in May 2021. All right. Well, congratulations on the book. I'm really excited to read it, and thanks for talking with us today. Yeah, thank you, Ryan.